Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, March 27th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today on the podcast, we are wondering where the heck is male birth control? For years now, headlines have promised that birth control for cis men is just around the corner. But it's still not on the market, so clearly the truth is a bit more complicated. These headlines have been frustrating not only for those of us eager for men to share the burden of birth control, but also for doctors and researchers who know the truth. And get ready for it. A future where male birth control is available to the public is actually still far away. So today, we've got Broadly Dream Team Marie Solis and Leila Adachfini in the studio to talk to us about why this is the case. Hi, Leila. Hi, Marie. Hello. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. It's always so much fun on the podcast. I know, Marie, you've been on so many times. Layla, you've been on once, I think. Yeah, also about birth control. Also about birth control (laughs) a very long time ago, but I remember enjoying that episode. (laughs) So today we're talking about the quest for male birth control and how for the past many years we've been hearing about male birth control as if it's sort of coming soon and then it never really comes and it's still not on the market and people are kind of wondering like what the heck is the deal with male birth control so how far off are we really from male birth control actually going on the market the sad truth of it sophie is based on our reporting we're at least a decade away and that's still a very optimistic estimate But just to kind of talk a little bit more about what you were saying about getting this impression that it's much closer, Layla and I wanted to write this story because, you know, as Layla said, she's she's written, reported about birth control before we both have. We're, you know, reading stories about reproductive health all of the time. And they're is a large, it's basically a genre unto itself now of these stories about male birth control that say, almost here, coming soon, right around the corner. We're guilty of this at Broadly as well. And we were just kind of like, what is up with that? And why are we being constantly lied to? Where is it? Is it a lie or is there something more complex going on here? Right. Why do people think it's coming soon when it's not so why are we so far off? Why do we have 10 years to wait until we're going to see, you know, any concrete changes? Most of it just has to do with, you know, getting any drug on the market now is not an easy thing to do. And when female birth control hit the market, 
that was in 1960, so FDA regulations were just not as tight as they are today. So that's a lot of it. The other part is just, you know, clinical trials are a long process. Like after one thing gets approved, you know, you have to try it again, this time with five times the people. And if you tweak something in the actual product, it has to go through every round of testing again. So it's really just sort of the diligence of getting anything on the market. Yeah. So where are the clinical trials right now? Like what form is this birth control taking in those trials? And kind of are there actually people spending the majority of their time researching this and testing it? Are we sort of in the middle of that process right now? Yeah. So Layla will speak a little bit in a second about the history of testing male birth control, which is a much longer history and stretches much farther back than we might think. But to answer your question, it's still all over the place. The product that's farthest along in development right now is a contraceptive gel that men rub on their backs every day. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, it's kind of unexpected because um, I, I just people... I have to say, I, I just didn't expect you to say back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when I talked to my boyfriend about this story, he asked, why don't you rub it on the dick? Yeah, I mean, that would <laughs> be the obvious know, it, is, it is a good question, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have this contraceptive gel that's the furthest along in clinical trials right now. There's also a pill for men. There's injections. And there are other forms of non-hormonal birth control for men that involve methods of obstruction, like actually preventing sperm from fertilizing an egg rather than suppressing sperm production, which is what some of these, which is what these hormonal birth controls do. I think what's interesting about this field, which Layla and I discovered in the process of reporting, is that there's a lot of overlap with the development of all of these different products. So the hormone compounds that's being developed in a pill form is also being tested in the form of an injection. And that is promising for, you know, when one of these makes it through this long process of testing that Layla was talking about earlier, it sets up the next form of birth control for success in terms of getting it to market. So once we see this first one on the market in however many years from now, you think that that's kind of going to be the beginning of many? That's what we were told by most of our sources. And that was kind of like the source of their optimism. You know, after studying this for decades, our story kind of ends on this more hopeful note of one of the doctors that we spoke to saying, you know, the next one, like the first one's taking so long. The second one won't take us long. Yeah. So take us back to the advent of the female birth control. So that's the pill that we know today. I mean, it's obviously changed a lot and evolved over time. But why was it that at the time it was invented, it was invented for women to take rather than men if we know that the technology does exist for male birth control? Why was all the research and funding going towards women having to take the pill? Right. So Margaret Sanger was this big birth control activist who founded Planned Parenthood and even outside of Planned Parenthood, just really 
pushed for women's bodily autonomy in every facet of our lives. Um, And part of that was because the only birth control methods that existed were condoms and diaphragms, um, and diaphragms were not very popular. So if you were using contraception, it involved the man putting on a condom. So men essentially had all of the control over contraception. So her goal was to give that control to women. So she recruited researchers and in the 50s, one of her researchers, Gregory Pincus, was actually doing trials on both men and women. And when she found out that he was also spending some of his time and energy on men, she actually asked him to stop. Um, And he did mainly because she was funding the study and she had also recruited Catherine McCormick, who was the biggest funder of the research that led up to the pill. So I'm interested in this idea of who has control in the situation because you guys talked to a few different men about whether or not they actually wanted the male birth control pill or male birth control in general and kind of what that meant for them as they thought about it and what it means to hold that responsibility and whether or not women even trust that kind Mm of. Um, So what did you learn from actually talking to people about what do you think? Do you want this? Do you not want this? Mm -hmm. So I've thought about and reported on this idea of like the burden of birth control um, that often falls on women. And I spoke to these men who were actually really eager for there to be some type of male birth control. And to me, that was very exciting and sort of refreshing. And I also, this piece, talking to these men made me sort of think about the practical ways that men might want birth control, you know, sort of not just the fact that they want to lift some of that burden off of the women that they're sleeping with, but also like one of the men I spoke to really wants male birth control because his partner has such severe side effects to birth control that she can't be on it. So she suffered from like severe depression and mood swings that stopped when she got off the pill. So he's just really eager for them to have something. And since her body reacts so poorly to it, you know, he'd love to have an option, but he doesn't. And another man I spoke to was just someone who wants to be able to have the safest sex. And he expressed sort of not being able to do that when, you know, he doesn't have a birth control option other than condoms, which, you know, work and they prevent STDs, but they can often break. And Even when talking about sort of the pill or the patch, like a lot of the success of those methods depends on women taking them, you know, perfectly, which, you know, he explained to me, like, I'm not blaming women for not taking them perfectly. I just have no idea of knowing if they did that day. So, like, there's naturally some risk involved. I think that that's a really important point. I think talking about side effects is really interesting because since the beginning of the female birth control, women have experienced all kinds of side effects. And that, I think, has gotten a lot better over time. I mean, even over the course of my lifetime, the side effects have gone down a lot. But still, even on a personal level, I've experienced really bad side effects from birth control. And so it's still a very real part of and a very real sort of risk of taking the pill. And I think for some people, there might be this kind of lingering question about why is it accepted that women will be able to sort of be fine with the side effects and that we're going to invest in the female birth control even though there are side effects, whereas sort of the other side of the coin is that men sort of don't want these side effects and that has prevented some amount of funding and research and that 
that sort of takes precedent over the fact that like we experience those side effects all the time. So kind of what's the what's really happening there? So one of the doctors and researchers I spoke to put it to me this way. She was like, for women, birth control prevents the life-threatening condition of pregnancy, which really struck me. And so she was saying that for men, there has to be some proven benefit for them to take it, you know, beyond some of the incentives that that Layla was talking about, you know, beyond personal reasons why men want to take birth control. They're kind of, the researchers are concerned about proving that birth control for men as a group could have health benefits. So the idea that we don't have male birth control because men just can't handle the side effects is something that I've seen circled around a lot. And I think that there is some truth to that, but it's still not entirely the whole story. So there was one study with where the subjects reported pretty severe side effects, at least some of them did, and that caused that specific study to be halted. But what a lot of people don't know is that still in consideration of those side effects, 75% of the men that were involved said that they would still take the pill, which I think is pretty reminiscent of the way that at least the female pill is thought of today and why... It's so popular despite its pretty heavy side effects for some people. The other thing is that if you just look at the timing again and go back to the history, female birth control was put on the market when it was still pretty dangerous. The hormone levels were really high and they would cause things like blood clots all the time. Um, Some women even died from the early pill. So I think now with, with regulations where they are, that is not going to be allowed anymore, which is a good thing, but it does slow things down. And it the female pill essentially was uh, improved while it was already on the market. Yeah. And I think it's important to just add in that there's there's still research into female birth control right now to help with some of those side effects. And many of the researchers we spoke to are working on research for female birth control alongside male birth control. So these things are concerning to the people doing this work. I think that I've heard from some men like the idea that, yeah, I would I would take male birth control as long as like there weren't side effects. So when I spoke to the, t- the two men in the piece, I was sure to sort of ask them about it. And at least these two guys had a very strong understanding that any medication that exists ever will have side effects and that as long as sort of on a personal level, the side effects aren't as bad as a pregnancy, I think that it looks like there are men that would still be down. So I just want to zoom in on that one study where there was sort of an alarming rate of severe side effects. How did people react to that? And is that a study that either caused or fueled the narrative that men weren't necessarily willing to put up with the same kind of side effects that women were already experiencing for many years. Yeah, so that idea definitely gained traction with reporting about this study. So just to give you a little more context, this was actually a study that I believe started around 2011, but the report on it and on its findings came out in 2016, so about three years ago. And so the researchers reported that they had ended a 
320-person study on what was a long-acting injection because 20 men had dropped out due to some of those severe side effects that Layla was talking about. It was included muscle pain, intense changes in mood, and acne as well. Um, So women in particular were outraged about these findings, and news outlets really ran with this headline that men weren't willing to put up with just a few pimples. So, you know, the side effects were much more severe than just having a few pimples. And there are safety measures in place where, you know, there's oversight that happens with these studies. So if if at any point it seems like subjects are having really severe side effects, there are, again, there are measures in place that will, will halt the study and, and deem it too risky to continue. So I think there are a couple of things to learn from that example, which is one, this phenomenon Layla and I point out in the article, which was the, you know, kind of the premise of the piece, which is the media has a responsibility to report on developments into male birth control a little more responsibly. And so it seems like in this case, it got a little blown out of proportion or or some of the coverage of it was, was slightly misleading. And then the other thing is just like, of course, there are going to be men for whom it's true that the side effects are undesirable for them. That's true of women as well. But, you know, based on what we know, this was just a small sample of men who experienced more severe side effects and that, you know, inform their decision to to drop out of the study. And I don't think it says anything larger in particular about men's willingness to take birth control. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is pharmaceutical buy-in. So where are the pharmaceutical companies at right now with wanting this drug and wanting to push it onto the market? Because you know, that's such a, a big part of what gets drugs through the research process. Totally. And I'm glad that we're talking about this right at the same time as we're talking about side effects. So earlier studies into male birth control, which started back up again in the 70s after they were temporarily halted because of how successful female birth control was, those studies relied on using really high doses of testosterone to shut down sperm production. But giving someone really high doses of testosterone results in a lot of bad side effects. And so a lot of these earlier studies were in the process of discovering those side effects. And at the time, there was some interest from pharmaceutical companies. However, one researcher who I spoke to she speculated that pharmaceutical companies kind of got scared off by those side effects, even though now researchers have really developed male birth control past the point of just giving people testosterone. They're now What they're testing now involves giving testosterone in conjunction with other hormones that will regulate testosterone in the rest of the body and significantly reduce side effects. Bayer, which is one of the top retailers of female birth control, used to be 
involved in funding research into male birth control and abandoned their funding of it in the mid-2000s. And one of the things they said at the time was that it just would never be as convenient as the female birth control pill. I think that's the point at which some people get concerned that the reason why we don't have male birth control is actually because of just sexism and and bias and you know people like that's what people think like oh like why would pharmaceuticals ever invest in this like they're making too much money off of birth control for women and as we said earlier it's a bit more complicated than that but some researchers we spoke to for the story said that there is no doubt that having more money from pharmaceutical companies would actually expedite the process of going through these clinical trials and get male birth control closer to market. So it's still it's still a struggle and the pharmaceutical companies we reached out to for comment for the story either did not get back to us and one of them said that it's just not an active area of research. So there are very uh, very few signs of life coming from the pharmaceutical industry on this. So I know that you you asked some of the researchers, like, are you hopeful? Like, it's taking so long. And they kind of said, yes, you know, like what you you said earlier, you know, once we get this first drug on the market, it's not going to take 30 years for the next one to come out. But I'm curious sort of where you guys landed personally after doing this research and writing, like, how did you feel? Were you frustrated? Were you hopeful? And what were kind of your main takeaways from the process? I think that, at least for me, speaking to two guys who were super excited about male birth control, you know, kind of gave me hope that men would take it. And, you know, that idea, the idea that men wouldn't take it was sort of debunked for me just in my research. Like, beyond the anecdotal experiences of these two men, I learned that the top five most common forms of contraception, two of those are the condom and vasectomies. So the truth is that men are already using birth control. It's not hormonal birth control right now, but I think that this piece showed me that the hostilities that men might have towards, you know, doing what women have been doing to our bodies for 50 years plus will eventually die out. Yeah, Layla, you put that so well. For me... You know, we're talking about a hypothetical thing that doesn't exist for the public yet. And I think something that made me feel hopeful is the idea that once it is available, it'll be a thing that men think about because it'll be an option for them. And I think that'll open up much more conversations about men's role in contraception. And it won't be something that just women are saddled with. Yeah, I'm wondering, too, if once it's out on the market and, like you said, it kind of forces men to think more about what it means to hold that responsibility and take birth control and also what it means to take something that has side effects regularly, if that will change the research happening around female birth control. I'm, I'm curious about that, too. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You guys are great. Thank you. Thanks, Sophie. You can read the full story at broadly.vice.com. 
that's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure to tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.